So a week after Mystic Scott predicted there'll be no confetti for Brentford this season, let's see how this week's podcast ages. Welcome shirt lovers, this is episode 33 of the Think It's All Over, the football shirt show. Say hello everyone. Hi, it's Mike Footy Shirts. Mystic Scott at Flying Scotty. Hello, it's Tom at Shirt Fan. And it's Adrian at Football Shirt Talia. Anybody got any interesting stories this week? No, but at least I won't make an arse of myself because the Man U Liverpool game's Monday night, so. <laughs> Yet. So, th- so this week it was brought to my attention, there's a film called Jimmy Grimble and it's been pointed out to me that it's shocking that I've never seen it because it's our age gem- demographic but have you guys seen it because I'm guessing it's a football film I have it's the Man City lad with magic football boots or something isn't it is that right I'm not sure so it was it was shirts in the Shire who you'll all know on Twitter who's asked me about this to see if anyone else has, has watched it because he thinks he's the only one that remembers it but I was firmly a bend it like Beckham guy back in the day I, I've, I've not seen this film but I I try to avoid football films like The Plague. I think they are dog shit. I think anything that is like I, I'm a big I love football. I love um combat sports, UFC, massively into it. I cannot watch films about those things because they're just so unrealistic and like the the, the like the football footage in a football movie makes me cringe. So I, I actively avoid I've never seen you know those ones about the Mexican guy, the goal? Yeah, you've obviously never seen goal if you think the football nope. footage is just realistic. No, never seen never seen it. The, the only one I've watched recently was the one uh with Dave Batista in it when he was fucking blowing up West Brom West Ham's ground. But that's just because I wanted to see West Ham's ground explode. <laughs> that was like the motorbikes on the roof or whatever, wasn't it? Yeah, they filmed it at Upton Park. The yeah. footage was terrible though. The, oh, <laughs> the match it, footage. The the proofs in the pudding, the football footage was unbelievably bad. But like I say, seeing West Ham's ground get blown up just made it all worth it. I, I think that was actually real life West Ham footage in that film oh <laughs> yeah I, I i did actually read after the, the the explosions and stuff that part of it they did do something to do with the demolition of the ground and they did use some of the footage from that in it maybe I, I don't know if that's true but it sounds good that jimmy grimble film is pretty funny it's like proper british humor that's why it's i mean apart take away the side that they sing fucking city throngs songs the whole way through it is i mean when anybody that's seen it before the the bit i can never get out of my head is the is the dad going give it to bloody gordon <laughs> he does it through this whole game and it's just it's it's proper british it's it's really funny I tell you what, a football film that is good, Mike, surely you can appreciate it. Mike Bassett, England manager. Come on. Never watched it. <sighs> and the series on Channel 4, does anybody remember that? Mm, no. G- gen- genuinely, <laughs> I've I watched the Hurricanes when I was a kid because that's the bollocks. I, have, I, I remember watching When Saturday Comes and that was probably the one that I watched and thought this is dog shit because it's they're just awful and like i say the only other one I, I genuinely believe that that and i don't even know what the name of that west ham one with dave batista was but that I, i'm certain they're the only football movies i've ever watched right i think that's enough of that gentlemen this week we have got kit history shirt room 101 a little quiz an artistic feature but first we'll kick off with this week's news So, Scott, you're going to tell us about the Farmers League, sorry, uh, League One 
having some new shirt rules. Yeah, so this might not be a common knowledge to everyone, like you said, being that the French League isn't really that popular, especially PSG, but I know Chelsea will good, be. Good was the word you were looking for, Scott, not popular. <laughs> I don't know if anybody remembers, but the, the rule was highlighted um, when Donnarumma moved to PSG because he likes to wear the number 99, which was when he joined AC Milan. He chose that number because it was his uh, year of birth, 1999. But when he moved to uh, the French League, then they, they have a specific rule where all players must select a number between 2 and 30. And not only that, but specifically numbers 1, 12 and 30 were allocated for goalkeepers. Um, the only exception that was made is obviously if a team registered more than three goalkeepers, it then went on to number 40 then 50, then 60. Strange rule, not really sure why they had it. Um, so when Donnarumma moved to PSG, number 30 was taken by Messi, obviously very famous transfer, and he wanted to use the number because he couldn't choose his own number. And that kind of highlighted it last season about these strange rules they have. And this year, they've decided to just scrap it all. So now any player can pick any number between 2 and 99. Firstly, all I'm taking from that was that Donnarumma was born in 99 and that's fucking bullshit. Nobody born in 99 can surely be playing football. But anyway, so what what number changes does that mean then? What what, what have we seen switch around? So, I, I mean, there's been quite a few uh, selections. So players are obviously enjoying the freedom. And there's a lot of people that have changed, a lot of people that nobody gives a fuck about, though. So a few of the highlights were Donnarumma, who's gone back to his traditional 99. Uh, that useless fuck Sanchez, who's left yet another disappointing performance from a club and moved to Marseille. He's taken number 70 because his desired number seven is, has been taken. So he wanted something with a seven in it. And then a bit randomly... Lacazette has gone to 91 for apparently two. I don't know why these players feel like they need to justify their number, but his justification is he was born in 1991 and his favourite number is 10, so 9 plus 1. And then I don't know if anybody heard about this at the time, but does anybody know why um, Tolisso's number at Leon is controversial? 69? No. So he's gone for number 88. Now, that may seem... That may seem a bit random to some people, and most of us, thankfully, because we're not neo-Nazis, wouldn't know why that's a problem. But he used to wear number eight before he moved to Bayern. On his return to Lyon, number eight is taken. So he's gone for 88, which makes sense because his favourite number is eight. Can anybody figure out why 88's an issue? I had no idea. I had to read about it. I'm surprised that um, you Italian buffs haven't come across this because this actually goes all the way back to Buffon, this is the first time it became a problem. So 88 is the eighth letter of the alphabet is H. So HH is Heil Hitler. So 88 is a number commonly used by neo-Nazis. He got in a lot of trouble for that once upon a time. Didn't he sign a shirt or he did wear a shirt of an 88 on it that was he, a so, direct so link, when he, didn't he? Right. When he first signed for Parma, he selected the squad number 88. I think it all kicked off. And he, he he then subsequently pleaded his innocence and changed the squad number. So he never actually wore it. But when he first registered for Parma, 
that was the number that he selected. Oh, I was just going to say, I think that, I mean, if you've been linked with that sort of thing before, then maybe wearing the number 88 is a problem. But I mean, for Corentin Toliso is, is I, I don't know, but that, like for me, surely, surely if there's no links to that, 88 yeah. is like 88 was the year my wife was born. If she bought a football shirt, I guarantee you should wear number 88. I mean, Gar- is it Gary Hooper used to wear the number 88 on a bat when he played for Celtic? So surely, and they're playing in France. It's not like they're playing, yeah. in, in it, you know, yeah, Germany or Italy or something that's heavily linked to it. But yeah, somebody just like everything this in this fucking generation we live in, somebody somewhere got offended. But so that was yeah, the I controversy. Mean, he's not aware of the controversy of picking that number, but somebody else has picked up on the controversy of it. Yeah, he picked it because he he was number eight, so he's gone for. 8-8 eight, eight, because yeah that's his favourite number so he had no idea but he and, did, and that's why he's it, still wearing it yeah so I was just checked he's, he's properly properly French so you know he probably wasn't yeah. aware um, he, obviously some people will know he went and played for Bayern Munich for five years because that's where his hero Adolf Hitler lived and <laughs> then, then he came back to Lyon in 2022 fuck's sake <laughs> <laughs> So those are the most notable changes and obviously a little bit of random number selecting along with a little bit of neo-Nazism and controversy. So, you know, I suppose now everybody's everybody knows the rules and regulations for the League One number system. Not that anybody ever gave a fuck before, but there we go. There we go. Let's move on to happier times and we'll go across to Denmark where they can have a bit of pride in one of the new kits, can't they, Mike? They certainly can. So this is the Nordsjælland 20. 20- 22-23 Pride kit. Uh, it's been made by Nike. It's a nice looking shirt. Um, it follows the theme, pa- the, the sorry, the Pride theme by uh, implementing some, I would call them diagonal pinstripes using the colours from the Pride flag. And uh, one thing I really like about it is that the sponsor DHL have allowed their sponsor to be completely changed to the colours of the Pride flag. It's it's a really, really smart shirt. You guys seen it? What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I like it. Um... I have to admit, I, I prefer the subtle pride details to the big sponsor change. I have to admit, I'm a little bit cynical when big brands jump on stuff like that. But I, I suppose, yeah, you know, we always applaud sponsors for being willing to change to, to fit the design. So, yeah, they get thumbs up for that. To be fair, I think in general, those shirts look really nice. Most of the shirts they bring out look aesthetically pleasing and, and DHL always seem to be willing to to change to suit the shirt. And I think, yeah, it's no surprise they've They've gone along with this and yeah, good cause, good shot. It's a sponsor. They always tend to deliver, but um, I think if you're going to do it, you've got to go all out of it. Are they going to wear it in a game, Mike? They certainly are. So the women will be wearing it first, which is on the 20th of August versus Bromby. Then the men will wear it against Silkborg on the 21st. Now, obviously at time of recording, the shirt might still have some available, but I think by the time this pod goes out, because the, sh- the shirt itself was actually made available on the 18th, uh, in limited numbers, and from what I read, you could only get it from the Reichstream Park, which is the home stadium of Nordschland. So I think by the time this pod goes out, A, there's a good chance none of the shirts will be available, um, and B, hopefully both teams will have won and it will be a winning special shirt. like to see that. we like to see that. As ever, we will attach pictures of that shirt to the thread on this podcast tweet if you miss it there then in a couple of days time you'll see it on some of the other big social media accounts online so don't worry if you miss it on our tweet like i say you'll see it on some of the other accounts in a couple of days tom 
Fan Power has had a sponsor cancelled. Yeah, so we saw something that hasn't been seen since the days of the 70s, I don't think, in English football. And that's where you saw two league teams play each other without a sponsor on their shirts. And that was Barnsley versus Derby. For two very different reasons, though. Derby have failed to attract a sponsor or to sign up with a sponsor since their relegation from the Championship last season, so they've been playing without one. But Barnsley, they did have a sponsor at the start of this season, and that sponsor was Hex.com. Now, I don't know if anybody had seen this on the Barnsley shirts, but it was pretty horrendous, and it took up the majority of the front of the shirt. And also, it's our new favourite enemy, it was a crypto company. But like you said, Fan Power has put an end to this. Hex.com, this crypto company that took up the majority of the front of this Barnsley shirt, the supporters have had it removed from the shirt after people linked to the company had been ma- found to be making homophobic tweets and also a number of other controversial tweets about a whole range of subjects. And we could pretty much play conspiracy theory bingo here. But let's just say it's not the most tasteful content. And so fan power and the, the fans having their say have got this sponsor removed. So it's a, a good story all round in terms of horrible people getting their comeuppance and also a horrible sponsor being removed from a shirt. I think, I think it's good. This this obviously happened recently with another club as well, didn't it? Do you guys remember which one? That the fans kicked off and the sponsor got cancelled. Yeah, yeah, they found a bunch of tweets, didn't they? And a bunch of like, they were they were linked to illicit websites and stuff like that. I think it was something along those lines. So uh, for the start of the 2021-22 season, Norwich announced a deal with BK8. Um, ah, yeah, and then, ex- yeah, and then when fans looked into it, there were also they were linked to all sorts of explicit content online and they decided to terminate the deal. And that's when Lotus came in and they had Lotus on the shirts. Some Norwich fans knew what that company did way too quickly, actually, for my liking. But, um, <laughs> but, but no, it is, it is good to see what is horrible, you know horrible and not right content out there and people having to pay you know to some extent pay the price for actions you do wonder what sort of due diligence clubs do on their sponsors especially these relatively young crypto type currency sort of businesses don't you No, the thing that concerns me about the like you said about the due diligence is if it takes some fucking spotty little twat on twitter 30 seconds to figure it out how has it completely gone past an entire marketing team? Like, how? <laughs> it's like Craig said last week with that number four on the Newcastle shirt. As soon as they posted that, somebody was like, oh, it looks like a massive number four. You know, how do these things get through so many professionals, so many committees to the point that it's been designed, printed on a shirt and put out, and then somebody's gone, oh, wait a minute, actually, uh, they made a really awful joke about a school shooting. You know, that... How have they missed that? Blinded by the money. I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking out loud, you know, maybe the pound sign spoke and they just cracked on. I mean, I'm guessing it must have been a decent deal because why else would you let a sponsor that big on your shirt as well? I mean, it was huge, wasn't it? Have you seen how big it was? Yeah, it was absolutely ginormous, but it wouldn't have been the, the pound sign in their eyes. It would have been the, was it? The, is it ETH or the F, the dot F? Isn't that the crypto thing that they all use? I don't understand crypto. I need someone to explain it to me. And then even then, I still don't really care. So, Well, Mike, we might have the answer to your prayers because we've got a very, very special guest lined up who's going to, an expert in the field, who's going to come and talk to us about cryptocurrency and football. Scott. Not Scott, but Scott. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so reluctantly, there is one more piece of interest in news, but I'm just getting tired of 
talking about how shit Man United are at the moment. But we're not. so obviously, so obviously with Fergie retiring in 2013, then everything went fucking downhill thanks to Moyes the prick. And uh, mentally, we, I don't know how this is only just kind of broken out now because it's obviously been in place since 2015. But when Adidas signed the deal with Manchester United, then to put it crassly, there was a in case you get even shitter clause in the contract. So a few of the highlights are if Man United, which looks increasingly likely this year, if they fail to qualify for the Champions League for two or more consecutive seasons, then Adidas can reduce the deal by 30% per season, which is about 22 and a half million quid a season. Then a little bit more unrealistic. I mean, it's, it's not a great, this is the other thing. It's not a great time to speak about it because all the rivals will be fucking loving it. But, so there's also a relegation clause. They can reduce the deal by 50% if they don't play in the Premier League anymore. But not only can they reduce it by 50%, but there is actually a termination clause. So if they get relegated to the championship, they can cut their losses and be like, do you know what? You're not even getting 50% of this, this deal. We're out. I mean, and there are obviously positives as well, but with them being so fucking shit, they're not getting any of them. So... There's, I think they can get up to four million extra a year if they win anything, but they just don't have to worry about that. Scott, I think it's highly unlikely that they'll cancel the contract. I think, I think you can safely know that you'll be in the championship next year wearing Adidas. You're more likely to get a thump by Brentford than that happen, surely? I mean, this is the thing. We were awful last year and we finished sixth, so all the relegation jokes are very prudent and hilarious at the moment. But yeah, it'll, I mean, I'll surely not get to that. You would, you wouldn't think it. We're laughing. We're not, yeah. <laughs> We're not, we're not talking finishing below Fulham at the moment, are we? Let's be honest. Yeah. Three more stripes okay. and you've got points. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. There's more cunts on this pod than we've got points as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, gentlemen, before we finish the news, we're going to have the usual new releases. Usual format. I'm going to give you the shirts. I want two or three words each to tell me what you think about the shirt. First shirt up, we have the Feyenoord away shirt. I really like this one. Really, really keen on the colour. Good. I like it too, but I like the sponsor. Yeah, the collar has a really cool colourway. Next shirt we have for you is the Camo away shirt. Yeah, it's nice. I actually like it more than the home. I'm uh, going loco for Como this year. Still has that shit sponsor though. Why is Scott? Uh, Real Madrid <laughs> released their third shirt. The best of their shirts this year by a mile. I thought it was an Arsenal shirt. Yeah, nice colours, but it's not groundbreaking. Millwall had a couple of new releases this week, but we're going to look at the Hummel away shirt. Um, I really like it. I could be wrong, but I think this is a throwback to an old Asics away shirt they had. Um, looks very similar with the the narrow stripes, um, but I'm sure a Millwall fan will tell me if that's a regular thing for them. Millwall fan won't tell you the fucking shower, you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm a fan of this one. I think Millwall have had some great kits over the last few years and Husky Chocolate is already becoming an iconic sponsor for me. You know what? I'm not a big fan of the narrow stripes. I think Hummel are doing Millwall a lot of favours this season. Um, Copenhagen released an alternate pink shirt. I like the pink colour, but the shirt's a bit shit. This is the dregs of football shirts for me. Come into a mystery box soon. Yeah, it's very, very plain. Uh, we saw a special shirt from Macron for Armenia released this week. Unbelievable. The, the, the pattern in it is incredible. It's brilliant. Completely agree. The crest as well. It's insanely good. Macron flying high. Yeah, great pattern and love the collar too. The neckline is beautiful. 
Do you know, just before we carry on, I, I look at that shirt. I think it looks like, I don't know, like the fucking king of Armenia would be wearing that. Sat Do you know on the what throne. I was thinking? I was thinking like Imperial Guard or something. Like it is, it is. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like chainmail. It's yeah. like chainmail. Yeah. Yeah, Armenia doesn't actually have a king. It has uh, a queen of the elves. Romanese <laughs> <laughs> released their third shirt of the service. It's a bit busy for me. It hurt my eyes at first, but it's grown on me. I was going to say it's all over the place, but the biggest crime is it's a fucking plane back. No getting away from that for you. Another third shirt in Italy. We had Napoli's third shirt. Only 10 more to go. Just another shit Napoli shirt. Yeah, could have been from any of the last few years. Yeah, I was going to say this just same old mass-produced shit. They are terrible. Uh, Manchester United released their third shirt. That's uh, three more shirts and they have points a season. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Um, I'm probably going to get grief for this, but I love this shirt. I love the colour, and I think it looks brilliant on the pitch as well. For me, it's one of those shirts that is now brilliant because of the occasion, and that 4-0 victory at Brentford, for Brentford even, has solidified this as a classic. So first of all, fuck you, Tom. Second of all, I think they've missed a couple of tricks with it. I agree with Mike. I really do like the colour, but I think they've... They've kind of gone a bit cheap on it, you know. If they if the neckline had matched the cuffs, it would have added a little bit of detail. And I don't know what that shield's all about this year. It's a, it's dreadful. Yeah, the, the the shield in the box is almost as bad as the Man United defending in the box. Um, we will move on to it's West not that Ham. bad. <laughs> we'll move on to West Ham's third shirt. Uh, I have raved about umbro but this one looks like they let the apprentice do it to be honest with you it's awful yeah i'm, I'm not a, not a fan it looks rusty i think it looks like a tampon <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you know what I, I probably wouldn't have used that that comparison myself do you know what i thought it looked like i thought it looked like you'd been just worn a white like butcher's apron and you've been using a fucking chainsaw to cut something up it's just it's horrific it's so bad I think we'll move on. That concludes this week's new releases. And we'll move on to this week's kit history. Kid history, kid history, we haven't made it up. Kid history, kid history, we read it on Wikipedia. The kit history this week, we're going to go from one seaside town to another. We're going to go to Plymouth Argyle. So Plymouth were formed in 1897 and have always worn green. Some, sometimes with black, sometimes white, sometimes all green. But it's why they wear green that I've decided to discuss them. At the time of their formation, green was considered an unlucky colour by most, but that didn't concern Plymouth. It's widely believed they simply chose the colour because it's the mun- municipal colour of the city. Almost couldn't say that. But it has also been suggested, and this is the story that I've chosen to believe because I think the stories are better than some of the boring reasons that we get given, that the colour was chosen in honour of Sir Francis Drake. So in 1588, as Drake was warned of the approach of the Spanish Armada, he was in the middle of a game of lawn bowls on the green of Plymouth Hoe. 
which is where he spoke his famous words, there's plenty of time to finish the game and still beat the Spaniards. So I've decided I am going with that as the official reason as to why Plymouth wear green. So he was knocking his balls against the lawn of a hoe in Plymouth. We, you can word it like that if you'd like to. I love that. I've never. I think that's my favourite kit history that you've done. Is that true? Is that true? It, it's it, the, the 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 part about the Francis Drake. <laughs> you think <laughs> Matt was straight yesterday? <laughs> well, well, no, no, no. <laughs> because all all I'm going to say is I worded it very carefully because I said that it's also been suggested. It is it is genuinely believed that the the main reason is that it is the municipal colour of the city. However. A lot of people are saying that there are some influences with the Sir Francis Drake story as well. And you can thank my wife for that one because I asked her what I should do for today and she picked Plymouth. I love it. There's real potential for a Golden Hind kit there as well, isn't there? If that is true. Puma. Isn't it funny how how for something that's so huge in, in world culture that it's always the, well, it could be this or it could be that to how to, to something as huge as the colour of a team. That there's like no, there's so many stories that it's not ironclad. Like this is the reason it's written down here. This is why we're this color. Yeah, it's it it's crazy. Doesn't get On much the- huger in world culture than what? Why the Plymouth wear green? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you though with what Scott said then I I spend quite a bit of time like reading through different clubs history and stuff to see which ones to to go with and there is some that are so vague as to why they wear the colours. The only deal in facts. That's another kit history. So this week for our main feature, we decided to go a little bit highbrow and you can never say we're uncouth and you can never say we're not cultured on this pod because this week it's all about art and in particular art on shirts. And this is Jake. Right, this week we've got something a little bit different for you. We're going down the more artistic and creative side. We've got somebody that most of you may know as Art on Shirts, but to myself, I know him as Jake. He's done a couple of pieces for me. Jake, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? You all right? Very well, very well. Uh, why don't you, just as I could explain, but I think you're going to do it so much better. Do you want to give a quick overview for anybody who's not seen your work and not followed you on Twitter or Instagram yet and just tell people what it is you do? Yeah, sure. So I um, I go by the name Art on Shirts FC on Instagram and Twitter and I do basically what it says on the tin. I, I create artwork onto football shirts. I use the shirt itself as a canvas. And I usually take commission work and put basically whatever it is someone wants on a football shirt on there for them. So that begs the question then, Jake, what would you not put on a football shirt? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I, every Everyone that's, that's sort of... Uh, spoken to me so far or thrown some ideas my way they've all been okay there's nothing where I've had to say no there was a little bit of a conversation that I had with a Spurs one of the last Spurs shirts that I did where we put some slogans on and there's definitely not one of the slogans going on there (laughs) (laughs) but um, in regards to like player wise and stuff like that um, they've all been okay they've all been okay request wise I'm up for pretty much anything as as long as it's not offensive. Um, well, on, as weird requests uh, as weird requests go, um, 
I had a guy message me, and it wasn't even that long ago now. We'd, we'd chatted about a couple of shirt ideas in the past, Glasgow Rangers. And yeah, I kind of chat to everybody and anyone who ever wants to have a chat, I'm, I'm always open. And all of a sudden, one day, he just messaged me and was like, can you, uh, can you make me a scarecrow? <laughs> <laughs> in, in in a kit in a Glasgow Rangers kit I was just like can no sorry <laughs> so, so, to so, make you one or to paint yeah, well, he, he wanted me to make him a scarecrow in a in a Rangers shirt yeah is that so, kinky I'm not sure I mean <laughs> you've got to be careful yeah that's probably the, the weirdest thing that I and, and the only thing so far I've had to sort of turn down so where did it start what got you into it then oh well I've, I've been I've been well into football shirts since since a lad really, um, and and I used to spend the majority of my time as a kid growing up designing, colouring in, you know, painting felt tips, whatever I could get my hands on, and just creating home away third kits for pretty much all English teams, Italian teams. I was obsessed with football growing up. And my dad, my dad was as well, and he was a bit of a football historian. So he'd have like books and magazines and, and you know, videotapes and would would watch and would listen and would read pretty much everything that we could. And I was just like a sponge, you know, growing up in the 90s, everything was like bright, colourful and, and new. And I'd basically research these football clubs and, and design kits for them. I did that for so many years. And then growing up, I kind of have been a bit of a football shirt geek, you know, looking out for the latest releases and stuff like that. But it was only really when I was put onto furlough during the pandemic where my interest, I, I discovered like the football shirt community. And I know this is like so many, I've heard so many people come on and collectors come on and, and like little small businesses that do like shirt printing. They've said the same thing that they kind of started up during the pandemic and reignited their, their short shirt collecting phase. And um, my, my, this is a long-winded story. Have I got any? I can't really explain. That's it. all right. That's all right. It's just but, the story's uh, a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like my my eldest daughter's really into her art, and my youngest daughter's really into her football. So I have these like art apps on my phone and iPads and stuff. And I had my youngest had the the new United third kit for Christmas, and I just to keep me sane during furlough, I took a photo and just doodled on top of the shirt, just as a, an, an extra sort of design element to it and I thought it looked quite good it was a little sort of Lancashire rose on the United shirt and kind of copied it but I looked quite good and then started to sort of screen screen grab more shirts from that season and like there's an Inter Milan and a blue a blue snake sort of design that I was thinking of and it's I started to sort of think about how I could make these shirts a real product how I could get these designs onto the shirt bit of research online and sort of went down the paint route how to do it and um, as I put the the sort of demos online, it got a little bit of an interest and a few people got in touch about creating a shirt for them. And it was kind of like, yeah, OK, we'll, we'll, we'll go for it. And before before it sort of just snowballed into what it is now, the original art on shirts idea was was to kind of take a shirt from that season and add a design element to it rather than create like tribute pieces. Or, you know, with this project, I've not set any sort of, goals but I've not set any sort of limitations as well I've said a bit like a sort of Danny Wallace type type yes man I've said yes to absolutely everything (laughs) that's been offered to me and just sort of seeing where it goes and art on shirts is where it is today from me just saying absolutely yes to everything apart from scarecrow making (laughs) so I've got to ask were you into art before or has it just become organic through through you know the doodling on the shirts it's um 
yeah I was I was really into art at school I did it as only GCSE level like you know but um I was it was one of my favorite subjects I did quite well in it I've always been someone that likes to sort of draw and doodle and yeah to be honest with you that was the kind of sort of sort of diving in at the deep end part that I kind of wanted to do with it you know when when people were like okay I'll send you my shirt I remember Joe the first the first customer that I had Joe sent me the England and and Napoli shirt and especially with the England one being bright white that it getting that sort of template down and then getting to the point where I was putting paint on it it was like right okay I'm I'm gonna have to do this It's, it's bite the bullet time and go for it you know yeah it's like art wise it's always been there with me but not not as much not so that I could like make a living out of it it's more of a hobby you know we're going to share a lot of these images and things that we're talking about we're sharing in the twitter feed so that people can see it get a real sense for the for the work that you've done because it's incredible and you have got to see it but um so so the the Napoli show was that the first first piece you did then yeah I I kind of I I I started and and had the two shirts off Joe was the England Gaza one and and then the Maradona Napoli one that were the first two ones which I kind of did at the same time and the Hibs one was very short shortly after as well so you did um, you did Napoli Maradona tribute shirts before they before were, they you? were yeah. Oh, tell you what, <laughs> and that's another shirt to add to their season as well. I think that yeah. As well, that that shirt for for it to be like one of the first ones that I physically produced. Oh, it was a nightmare because it was the Kappa. It's that Kappa combat stretchy material, and obviously uh, the paint on that fabric. It, it all sort of goes into account how well the image sticks and stretches. You know, it's, it was a mad, it was like a proper baptism, baptism of fire, really. That one. So just flicking through, I mean, the, the variety of shirts that you've done is incredible. So you've got Maradona, Napoli. You've got England with um, the iconic Paul Gascoigne volley on it. You've got some really creative hip shirts as well, where you've done concentrated more on some of the sort of the the logos, is it, and, and motifs that are yeah, attached to yeah, the club. Yeah really smart you've got some oasis um inspired man city shirts as well which are great yeah so it's it's just moving away like you said there's no boundary it's moving away not necessarily your player and, and club but notorious big in a new york city shirt as well as there yeah there as well. they, them ones were really fun to do those ones really fun so those are really good fun what's the most fun what come on you must have one or two that you either most fun or you're most proud of when you finish finish them um literally every single one every single one of those shirts at some point during the process I have hated I've hated the image that I've put on it I've hated the shirt that I've I've just I've just not wanted to look at it for a a good day and just like no no those those were the Liverpool ones right (laughs) (laughs) um oh my god yeah I mean to be honest right um for each shirt as well I've probably got a gallery on my phone of like the first efforts like each one I kind of have to sort of keep on working on some of the photos <laughs> if I was to send them to the customer in that state they'll be like oh my god give me my money back and buy me a new shirt <laughs> but they, yeah I've hated every single one guaranteed <laughs> um but at the end of it I love them all. There's there's like little stories for every single one. It sounds quite cliche, but you know, but I do, I really do. I'm very proud of all of them. Even teams that I have no sort of connection to whatsoever. I mean, I did a Bristol City one with a Scott Murray celebration and I didn't really know much about the celebration, the player. I had no really connection to Bristol City, but that shirt looked really good. From, I was quite happy with how it turned out. And the owner, Aaron, he got it signed by the player and it's framed and it looks absolutely incredible. And now it's like literally one of my favourite ones to look at. It's it's awesome. 
I also like Hibs. I no connection to Hibs whatsoever. And and I spoke the shirt itself was for a, a chap, Colin, who was working at Hibs at the time. And he had he had access to this graphic that he wanted to go on there. It was, it was the same graphic that they have on, on the website and at and at, and at Easter Road. And it, it sort of tells a, a story through that club's history, different badges, different around the air. I love Edinburgh as a city as well. Um well, I absolutely fell in love with Hibs just doing that shirt now so that shirt completely reminds me of of that club and I, you know they're the second I look at I look out for United scores on the weekend and then it's Hibs you know it's, it's mad how each shirt sort of tells a little story for me I, th- I think that's what's so good about what it is you do because you know we always say on this pod like the shirt collecting is a byproduct of of little moments that we all have as football fans that we love and remember and you know a part a way for us to own that moment is to to have the shirt in our collection and you go a step further than that because you combine that particular moment whether it be the Scott Murray celebration with the shirt and I think it's great it it just kind of wraps it all up really nicely in a nice little package you know yeah yeah it is it is and I think that's why I've enjoyed the way that this project has, has sort of veered off into that direction obviously like I said before, I was kind of really wanting to add different design elements to the shirt, kind of taking inspiration from the kits that I was making as a, as a kid drawing. But because the way it's gone and the sort of reception that I've got and the, the customer or the client or, you know, has got from these shirts, and it's pinpointing certain moments like 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 I with you with your Roma um, Europa Conference League winners shirt, you know, it's a pinpoint in that time. And yeah, I, I, I'm really happy the way that this sort of project's moved into this area. Yeah, got some incredible pieces there. But Jake, I want to hold you on this, right? So you said there's nothing <laughs> you wouldn't do other than scarecrows. There's nothing you wouldn't do. <laughs> and I was going through your work here, right? And you've got, you know, the pieces you did for me, for example, because we talked about them at length when we did them, but they were like yeah. spare shirts I had or, you know, the, the, the Europa Conference League shirt. I think kit bag were doing them for like 18 quid or something stupid yeah, by yeah. the time you use the discount code. So, yeah, I'll be honest, not the, not the most expensive shirts, but I'm looking at some of the shirts you worked on. I mean, you worked on you know, World Cup Brazil 98 shirts, um, the Shaka Hislop Adidas you know, template, oh, your yeah. goalkeeper template that Liverpool yeah. and, and Newcastle had. Uh, say a couple of English shirts in there, um, the PSV shirt as well. I mean, you, so you've worked on yeah. some shirts. That are, yeah, let's let's put them in the I don't know the, the fifty to hundred pound price bracket. At what yeah. point? At what point is there a point you say <laughs> no? If I, I mean, if I came to you with I don't know um, a Fiorentina ninety two away shirt and said, yeah, I want Batistuta painted on top of that. What are you going? Yeah. What, what are your thoughts? I would. I would do it. I'd 100% do it um, just because I think it would look amazing. I'd probably recommend to the customer, why don't you just get a copy for this and, you know, you can hang it on the wall or something, but, you know, maybe not not do your original. But, um, yeah, I'd, I, w- I would do it on en- on any shirt. I've, I've, I've been quite lucky, really, to have, have, have painted on sort of originals in, in, like, the Brazil World Cup 98 shirt. I, I loved that one growing up. I thought that shirt was amazing. Maybe I don't, I'll probably go to say is I don't think Brazil have had a better home shirt since that one, actually. It's the stance, proper standout for me, that one. And especially Ronaldo, there's just instant images of Ronaldo in that shirt come to your head. Um, the England 96 with Stuart Pearce name set on, that was, that when, when I received that, I was like, wow, this, this is a shirt. This looks absolutely amazing. But it, receiving these, also, sorry, I've got to give a shout out to that uh, Adidas goalkeeper template as well. I was a goalkeeper. Uh, well, I'm a goalkeeper, and 
that um, that template was something that I, I always wanted growing up. But as a United fan, Newcastle were kind of like our rivals for the league and Liverpool still had that rivalry. And so I didn't have the opportunity or, or wasn't inclined to wear that template or get that get that goalkeeper shirt. So being able to finally sort of get it and, and sort of work on it in some some way yeah, was, was really cool. And those templates go for a lot of money as well. So I was a little bit like, okay, if that's what if that's how you want to go for it. Um, and another different type of material for you to paint on, I guess, because those 90s yeah. goalkeeper shirts are almost like dual-layered, aren't they? Yeah, and got, re- really. You know, the padding like, and some of them. And... It was almost like quite spongy, so it, it pretty much absorbed everything I was thrown at it for the first couple of layers. But I tell you, it, to be quite you know geeky about this, one of the best shirts that I've, I've painted on for material-wise and how well it's been um, accepted and how fast it, it, it sort of, made me able to, to to paint the image and build the image up was the England um, Euro 96 shirt. It was quite thick, although it had those sort of little indentations in that pattern, in the stripe pattern. It was incredible to work on. Uh, it, it took the image of, the Stuart Pierce image probably only took two two sessions and, you know, that's two evenings work really for me. And it was, yeah, it was so fast the way it comes together, all down to literally <laughs> the fabric. So no. Umbro, the, the best canvas for shirts then? Umbro 90s shirts can't be beat. <laughs> Not the only artistry that shirt seen either, as Colin Hendry can, can attest to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, I've, been, I've been lucky with some of the shirts so far. And to be honest with you, it, the better the shirt in terms of in status, I think would probably push me to try that, that extra bit harder to create something a little bit, different try and push myself a little bit more and yeah I think you, you want to live up to it don't you if you've got a, a shirt that sort of means a lot to you you want to live up to live up to that so Jake for me you've done a couple of Roman shirts that are incredible yeah I've got a Francesco Totti um I think it's the 2016 home shirt with Totti on an I- iconic image from the 2001 season with the uh Scudetto patch on the shirt and you've also recently done that Zaniolo shirt for me as well holding up the uh the Europa Conference League trophy aloft on, to, on the shirt that he wore <laughs> when he scored the goal, which is amazing. Are you open for any more commissions? Yeah, yeah, I'm open for commissions. Currently, I've only got one, which is Scott's from the pod. I bet you can guess which player he's having done, can't you? Drogba. <laughs> oh, ask, is it your shirt? See, they, they are white clean, are they? Because, you know, once he's got a big David Beckham image on a Man United <laughs> shirt, I'm a bit worried about, about how that will wear. <laughs> so yeah at the moment I've got um I've got Bex going on for Scott um I've also got another Brazil France 98 home shirt on the way and um, to work on and then I'm open for for commissions I'm always yeah I'll always have a chat I've got to a point now where I can kind of manage time a little bit better so I can give people proper estimates on how long it's going to take you know amongst the commissions I'm probably working on a few of my own designs on a couple of shirts that I've got um at the moment i like to sort of upcycle football shirts so i have like charity shop finds um i've got stuff that might be slightly bobbled or or discolored in certain places horrible name sets on the back you know <laughs> i've got an absolute wardrobe full at the moment that i haven't been able to get to yet because of the commission work so maybe a little bit of a break uh, and and crack on with those but i'm i'm always open just just drop me drop me a dm on on instagram or or twitter and we can have a chat about what shirt you want to you want doing what you want painted on what players etc yeah well i'm always open for commissions so for those on twitter you can find be found at, at art on shirts fc 
for those that might be interested in the commission and, and do have a look on Twitter anyway, because the artwork is amazing. Thank and then you. just before we go, Jake, we always ask people this about their shirts and their collections, but I'm going to change it slightly for you. you. You're doing a bit of work just for yourself. Any shirt, any picture combination, what would you be hanging on your wall? Ooh. Oh my word. This sort of goes back to that question about what I wouldn't paint on and as well, because if it was any shirt that I could get my hands on, my favourite my favorite shirt as as a Man United and, and a goalkeeper, uh, a Man United fan, I would choose the, the 92, 93, 94 home shirt that Peter Schmeichel wore, the green one with sort of crazy... Umbro things everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, half Umbro's. That's I, I, I remember having that growing up and, and wearing that to death. And yeah, I haven't been able to get an adult one yet, but I, I, it would be that one and it would be the image of Schmeichel sort of that image of him one-handed out with the ball sort of in that one hand going flying through the air. I think that would be my favourite image of my favourite player on my favourite shirt. Hopefully you'll have time to do that one one day. Would you <laughs> would you put paint to paper or paint paint to canvas on that shit if you did ever get on that top though? We'll have to ask you again. Yeah, I mean it'll have to be a, a proper sort of I think for me to be able to afford it and get it, it would probably be a proper upcycle project, rips and tears all over it, you know. Well, if anyone out there's got one, you know, oh that's, my God, that's yeah. seen better days, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, is a is a is a fixer upper and uh, needs a bit of love, then um, do reach out to Jake and, and make his dreams come true. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Great stuff. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I can't wait to share your images uh, on the Twitter feed as well, so people can see that. We'll send links to your socials as well. So, Jake's definitely worth a follow. And if you do have any ideas you want to chat through with him, just reach out. He's always good for a conversation as well. Thanks for joining us today, Jake. Nice one. Thank you. So what did you think of that, guys? Have you seen any of Jake's work before? Yeah, I've seen, I've been following him for quite a while now. And I think the the main thing that attracted him uh, to me, his, his work to me, was that I really like his Biggie Smalls prints that he does on the New York City shirts. Not that I would ever own a New York City shirt, but, and obviously Eddie's Roma one's beautiful as well. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to get mine because he's currently working on uh, a shirt for me. You'll never guess who he's painting on my shirt, but yeah. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen his work. Same as Scott. I followed him for a while, and I, I remember having a, a, a bit of a discussion with with Ad before because I've got to admit I'm tempted to to send a shirt over myself. I'd quite fancy an old Bioman with a with a Ribery Robin combo on there. But I know he's done some good stuff. My, I think my favourite one I've seen is the PSV with uh, the real Ronaldo one. Just is belting in there. That's yeah, that's the one we pointed out. It was interesting in the interview though when he said there's not a shirt he wouldn't paint on. And I know Scott and Mike we've talked about this separately in terms of, you know, is it and I'm a fan of his work, but you know, is it sacrilege that you're taking paint you know, paint to some of these incredibly rare shirts? Not not that he's done ultra rare so far, but what what would you guys think of that if he was to uh I used the the instance of the uh Fiorentina shirt in the in the interview, but what would your you be on that if it was to put pen to a a buy-in centenary shirt or something like that oh, yes I've, I've got him do you know do you know what it's it's so difficult I'm, I'm really coming around to a lot of this sort of like customization of shirts and stuff it's not necessarily my cup of tea but there's there's art on shirts there's uh the football gal that's doing those the embroidery onto shirts and i think that stuff looks 
incredible. Like I was showing my wife some of the embroidery on the England shirts and stuff that she does as well. And and I am kind of into it, but I do think for me personally, there's probably still a line. So like using that shirt as an example, like the the call it the the, the 90th uh, anniversary Bayern, because they're just so rare and so hard to get hold of. I think I'd probably cry a little bit if I if I saw one that had been painted or embroidered. So I think for me, I I agree with Mike in terms of there's certain shirts that you you would hate to see not not you know not not that they get ruined but you know to to be changed from from their original um self but for me I think what he does is very pertinent it's like getting an you know you wouldn't buy a 1999 city shirt and put Aguero's name on it so for me it falls into that let's say for example somebody wanted Rude Hollett from the 88 Holland winning Euros painted on a shirt well, if you painted it on a fucking 2014 Holland home shirt, it would just look ridiculous. So I think you then have to go, you then have to accept, right, I'm not going to paint something as old and cool as that and, and not, and not kind of interchange the, the eras. So I would, I would draw the line, but I definitely think it's the same as the name sets. You have to stick. If you're going to get something painted on, you have to stick with the era that you paint it onto. So I've got a, a, just an impromptu quiz for you guys. And all you need to say is artist or Eredivisie star. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> I'm going to reel off some names. And I want you to tell me if they play in the Eredivisie or they're a famous artist. <laughs> is, this. It, is this is this now replacing the quiz like looking Roche? <laughs> I love this. So the first one. Is this a famous artist or is this an Eredivisie star? And it's Jiz Hornkamp. Nearly John Nottingham Forest. That's a, that's a Eredivisie star. You're right. He's an he's an Eredivisie star. I'm going to bang that one out all day. I, I yeah, it's hard to beat. <laughs> all right, fine. We start off easy. We go on to the next one. We go for Nick the Dudeman. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's an artist. He's also an Eredivisie star. <laughs> to be Sorry. fair, I haven't got any fucking artists up on on my screen. <laughs> They're all Eredivisie stars. <laughs> right? In, in, yeah. Well, give us the next one then. <laughs> okay. All right. And the final, the final one, Albert Lotan, artist. <laughs> <laughs> it's another weird division star because I couldn't be bothered to Google. <laughs> so you Did just you... picked you just picked three players. So that wasn't a, a quiz yeah. at all. Come on, we need to know the players who they play for. Come on, who are they? Uh, well, Albert plays for Utrecht, and then Nick de Dudeman plays for Willem Two, as does Jis Hornkamp. Great way to finish yeah. the quiz. They could also be artists too, but I don't know. I, I think we can guess what type of artist just Hornkamp might be in his spare time. That moves on to this week's Shirt Room 101. I give up. An absolute disgrace. I am flabbergasted. Analyse it for the codes come on. Shocking. I am, I am disgusted with it. Hi guys, Birdie's shirts here. Um, controversial one. I would like to throw away black and gold kits into kit room 101 i just feel yeah it was smart at first but it's to the point now where 
every year there's a black and gold kit and honestly i'm just bored of it i think it's a yeah it's guaranteed to bring the crowds in and maybe a lot of people will rave about it but in the grand scheme of things it's just a very lazy design so who wants to go first i can go first I'm not really that bothered by them, to be honest. It's probably because it's for teams I don't particularly care about. Um, I think he has a point, though, that they're a bit boring and a bit samey. So even for, you know, I've spoken before about I, I tend to choose teams outside of Man United and Jordan PSG shirts that are interesting to me or I think are nice. And yeah, I don't think I've purchased any of the black and gold shirts, so I'm not. I'm kind of with them. I'm not that fussed about them. I think they can look quite smart, but they're a bit of a safe bet. And yeah, once, I mean, if you've got six or seven teams doing them every year, I can see why he he thinks it's it's getting a bit over the top. Yeah, when I when I kind of try and think about my answer, I always the first thing I do is think about my shirts that I own, and I don't actually own a single black and gold one. I can't think of a single one. In fact, even with the Bayern shirts, the only Bayern Munich shirt I don't own since 1991 now is last season's black and gold away shirts. I just never got around to buying it yet. I will do it at some point, don't get me wrong. But I think the problem for me is I would agree because what I think we're seeing is a lot of the black and gold shirts are largely the same. They're predominantly a black shirt with a gold badge or maybe sometimes the sponsors change with some gold cuff and gold collar. The Bayern, using that as an example, maybe had a little bit of diff, you know, something different to it because it had those sort of like the the quarter sort of markings in gold on it. So maybe it was a bit different. But yeah, I'm I'm probably the same. I'm a little bit indifferent towards them, to be honest. I quite like them. I probably like more of them than I don't like them. If that makes sense. If like when a new shirt comes out, generally the black and gold ones, I think look quite smart. Again, don't own any. If uh, if a team I collected had a black and gold shirt, I'd probably buy it. I'd probably quite like it. But it is getting a bit boring now. We've had probably a bit like maps. Uh, we've probably had a little bit too much of it now. It's just a bit of a boring, safe option, isn't it, as a shirt designer? It's funny how we've gone full circle, hasn't it? Because 2020 Twitter fucking loved them. <laughs> two years later, now they want them in the bin. Oh, I've seen accounts that were begging for them two years ago, coming out and saying that they should go in the bin. But- Tom, what's your view? I think I'm inclined to agree with Birdie shirts, actually. I think it's become so safe as a as a bet for a lot of companies to, to bring a black and gold shirt out. And, you know, I mean, we, we've seen a couple of special releases, like kind of anniversary shirts or to mark occasions. And more often than not, they're black and gold. And it does make you think, have they really thought about this or have they just gone for a design option that they know is going to sell, you know, we're seeing gold used a lot more recently on these special kits, but I do think that they've, they have kind of had their day and I'm a bit like you, Mike and you, Scott, is that they're not offensive to me. They are sometimes quite nice, but it's just, it has become stale and yeah, it is a bit boring. I think we need to see something slightly different. I think, I think that's it for me. I think you, you, you almost hit the nail on the head. I wouldn't, if if the question was slightly different, we'll say, speaking hypothetically, I wouldn't necessarily put the kits that we've already seen in. I would just stop any fucking more being made because that's the problem. It's it's every year there's at least one or two coming out. You you said you don't own any, just one quick one. Does your Paloma one not count? I know there's a little bit of pink on that collar. Yeah, yeah it probably does actually, to be fair. Um, but it's got pink in, so it's better than the black and gold. <laughs> 
just one more caveat before we vote. Taking black and gold and map shirts, do you guys think that in recent years, now I don't know if it's the power of the internet or, you know, now that people's opinions are, are so readily um, available to companies, do you think that companies are looking at certain things and kind of jumping because it, is it a coincidence that look at the map shirts? That was a good example. Map shirts in black and gold. Can anybody off the top of their head pick a map shirt from the year 1990 to the year 2015? Does anybody have an example of a map shirt? Then all of a sudden, now we've got four. And go, Mike, you got one? Is it the uh, Shimizu S Pulse shirts, the Japanese ones? Didn't they have yes. maps on? So yeah. those would have been yeah. those would have been the first. Yeah, very good ones. But as you said, that was that is their team's, that's their home kit, and they use them every year. But in terms, you know, like, I love, don't get me wrong, I love the new Inter Milan shirt, and I'm probably going to buy it because I think it looks really smart. But, you know, that there seems to be these other teams, and it can't be a coincidence that there's a lot of hype and a lot of internet attention about certain shirts. And then miraculously, the next year, a team that have never, ever associated themselves with a map design throw a map design in their shirt. It's interesting, isn't it? It's not because I'm, I've always been a big believer in there are a lot of people on this platform that think their opinions get heard. And I think a lot of the times they absolutely don't because we operate in a very small community. You know, there are shirt collectors all over the world that don't even have Twitter or Instagram accounts. They just collect shirts because they do. Me, for example, I only started using Twitter in 2020, really, because we were all bored. But I still had 300 shirts before I had a Twitter account. But I I can't help but think that, that they maybe are looking at some things because they're just popping up now. So what do you think was the black and gold shirt that kind of set this whole hype off with these? Well, the, was it the 1920 Barcelona one? That got a huge of amount of attention. I mean, Messi was there, obviously, so they usually do, but they had the gold name set, the black and gold shirt, and that was, I remember that was um, a Nike one that particularly, it flew off the shelf. I mean, I think it was, it, it was less than a week and everything was gone, everything, in the authentic and so the, the vapour and the stadium across all platforms. I remember specifically because um, Subside, they were meant to get them. And then because they sold so fast, I think they had a huge delay in their stock coming. And then even when they got them in, which you could say after the hype week, they burnt through them instantly as well. Well, we will have a little black and gold thread later today this Monday afternoon, for you all to enjoy some various black and gold shirts. But I'm going to take an executive decision. This is a brilliant recommendation for Room 101, but I'm going to make an executive decision. We like some of the shirts so far. They don't offend us. So actually edited slightly, any more black and gold shirts going to Room 101. How are you voting, Tom? Uh, Yeah, I think no more. I'm also bored and I agree. I think they should go into Room 101. Mike? Yeah, no more. That allows me to complete my buying collection with that away shirt and then everyone else can fuck off with any new ones. And Scott, yeah. I think I know where this is going. Yeah, full house this week. 
full house this week thank you very much gentlemen so as well as that black and gold thread on monday look out for our other threads we have throughout the week every single wednesday we have a team in focus thread every single friday we're going to have a hint and tip for collectors thread like we had an umbro label one last week and every single saturday we're going to have a cult player career in kits thread so keep keep your eye out for those a lot of work goes into them and hopefully you find them interesting so again we would just like to thank everybody for uh continuing to listen to the pod um it takes a lot of work to go into it and uh, especially the twitter account as well you know we're all running that together and trying to put out interesting content for everybody and we've had quite a a lot of feedback in in the last week about things that people are really enjoying and we're going to try and bring more of that more of that to you guys including you know we're going to be bringing on more guests um to get an insight to the to the football shirt world that you might not usually get to listen to so yeah just uh, like to say thanks to all the listeners and and keep listening and we'll keep trying to make good content if you liked ear division star or artist let us know and we could bring that back no, still... no, no, we can't. <laughs> 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 On that note, they think it's all over. It is now. <laughs>